0: When I started Masterworks, we didn't actually know how much the art market was appreciating. We knew it was growing in value, we just couldn't quantify it. So the idea was to take this asset class, which is growing in value, but you can't really allocate to it unless you have millions of dollars to buy a painting and securitize it for the first time.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Julie Brahage H. Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from FinTech Today, where we talk about all things FinTech. And in this episode, I am joined by Scott Lynn, the founder and CEO of Masterworks, which many of you have heard of before. In our newsletter, we have talked about them. They are trying to change the art market and the way that people are able to invest in it. So, Scott, I am excited to have you on today. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for having me
1: yeah, so okay, have you always been an art buff, or what got you interested in this space? you You have yeah. a very nice view behind you, but it is not artwork, so I, I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: so you know I, i've been uh, I've been collecting art for almost 20 years. I, I get asked that question all the time. I, I think. I mean, look. I think I just stumbled into it, kind of very early in the late nineteen nineties. My mom was uh, was kind of an amateur artist, um, but you know, I mean, back then the art market was very different than it is today. Um, I think the the main reason for that is really the the advent of this this thing called the internet, um, where you know today you have you have price databases from websites like ArtNet and Artprice, where you can go and access public auction records for what paintings are selling for. So I think, um, you know, the the visibility into the art market today is much different than it was back then. But, you know, I got involved early and just sort of uh, saw the art market grow. And I think, you know, I've learned to appreciate it as an asset class um, uh, probably sooner than, than other people
1: so what gave you the idea for masterworks then which just for background for people and you can elaborate on this as well you guys basically not everyone can afford to spend like hundreds of thousands or even like a thousand dollars on a piece of artwork so you make it easier for people to invest in portions of that uh what gave you the idea for this uh in particular since it sounds like you like buying actual pieces of art that you can display and whatnot
0: yeah, so I've, I've personally been collecting art, um, you know, again, for about 20 years, it really focused on abstract expressionism. So people like Pauly, e. Klein, de Kooning, Rothko, et cetera, um, have a very small, kind of focused personal collection and have just seen the value of that collection grow over time. Now, when I, when I started Masterworks, we didn't actually know how much the art market was appreciating, right? We were really one of the first firms to have a research team focused on understanding things like appreciation rate, correlation, loss rates, etc. Um, we knew it was growing in value. We just, we just, we just couldn't quantify it. So, um, you know, the idea was to take this asset class, which is growing in value, but you can't really allocate to it unless you have millions of dollars to buy a painting um, and securitize it for the first time. And, it, you know, it continues to be our view that we think this is the largest asset class that's never been securitized it's a one and a half trillion dollars in size, sixty billion dollars a year in turnover. But it's it's literally between ultra wealthy people living around the globe that are buying and selling ten million dollar paintings with each other.
1: You know, I obviously I can't have this and not ask about NFTs and this whole <laughs> craze as well because I feel like yeah. you know this is so new and it ties a lot into the art market. So I'm sure this is a trend that you've been following really closely.
0: Yeah, the NFT thing, look, I mean, everyone at Masterworks ha- hates it when I do this, but, uh, you know, I'm like the outspoken anti-NFT person. <laughs> um, and and I, I think we just look at it very differently. Like at the end of the day, contemporary art is not a speculative investment. It's been around for hundreds of years, right? Sotheby's is 275 years old. We have auction data going back decades. Um, we tend to think about investments as, as, what makes sense for an investment portfolio? How do you think about risk adjusted returns? I think when we look at NFTs, very high level we we view them as speculative for for a couple of reasons and when i say speculative i really mean we don't view them as part of an investment portfolio Um, the the first reason is just the volatility is huge like you know nfts sort in price they collapse in price they sort in price but you can't even really today calculate what is the appreciation rate it's just like massively up massively down massively up and the second thing which is maybe as important is if you look at the the price trends in nfts they're highly correlated to Ethereum, which is highly correlated to Bitcoin, which is highly correlated to public equities. So we, we don't really think that, that there's a diversification benefit with NFTs as part of an investment portfolio. And we, and we can't calculate the appreciation rate.
1: Obviously, you do not have NFTs on your platform in that case. But how do you go about finding what you actually do want to put on there?
0: Yeah, so we, we tend to think about, I guess, um, buying a painting th- through a two-step, two-step process. So the first step is we, we rely on our research team to understand what segments of the art market are appreciating most quickly. Um, in our world, that that tends to be specific artist markets, so choosing which artists we think are most interesting within the art market. And then we have an acquisitions team, which which goes out and sources paintings by those artists and then chooses which paintings to buy usually based on example and price. Um, so I think if you think about a very high level, there's, there's roughly 7,000 artists that trade publicly in the art market today or trade a public auction. Um, out of those 7,000, we're focused on 55. Out of those 55, um, we've looked at about eight and a half billion dollars in work, and we'll purchase roughly 400 million this year. So we're pretty, pretty selective in terms of how we think about um, the market and, and what we buy.
1: So you're selective. So that means like how often are deals actually coming onto the platform then? Like if I'm an investor that uses Masterworks to invest in art, how often should I expect to actually see a deal come through that I have the option to invest in?
0: Yeah, I mean, so we're pretty selective, meaning the art market is big, but we still buy a lot. So we're launching maybe a deal every, every five days now. Um, so it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, it's much more frequent than it was whatever, a year, year and a half ago.
1: What does the typical person look like that's using your platform? Uh, Obviously, it's it's not someone that is able to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars possibly, or maybe it is. And and what's the minimum investment if I do want to go on there?
0: So we really, we really see investors uh, across the board. We have a requirement to run investors through suitability. So if you go to the Masterworks platform, you click on request access, schedule a call with our membership team. They'll talk to you about how you're investing today, what your investment portfolio size is, what your risk tolerances are, like all, all of that good stuff. And then and then recommend um, specific investment minimums across a certain number of paintings to to invest in. So we see investors allocating anywhere between 1% and 10% of a portfolio depending on the the investor type but it, it you know if your portfolio is small that could be very small minimums if it's big it could be bigger bigger minimums.
1: And you don't have to be an accredited investor to do this right
0: Yeah these are retail offerings so you know just the, the same process that a company goes public we, we file a painting with the SEC as a is a qualified public offering and then we, we sell shares to really anyone who, who wants to invest
1: and then the next thing i'm dying to know is okay you buy all these paintings like where are you actually putting them (laughs) because you hold on to them but if you have like 50 people investing in the one painting you aren't like cutting the painting up into 50 pieces to send it out to these people like how does that work
0: (laughs) yeah so we we um right now the paintings really sit in storage so they're, they're uh in uh Delaware so we avoid sales and use tax on on the purchase and then we lend them out to institutions right so we have paintings on loan right now to museums that have relevant exhibitions for those artists um but it's really you know we really plan on either lending them to museums or keeping them in storage
1: Is there any one that you're like dying to have in your office or your house <laughs> or anything though like I'm sure there's a lot of great pieces in there Yeah
0: you know it's unfortunate so we we can't really bring paintings into our office and in New York state because they're, they're subject to use tax. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit, you just gonna have to
1: open up an actual office in Delaware then. <laughs> <laughs> do, you,
0: do you, do you, do you or anyone else want to actually go to that office? <laughs> probably,
1: <laughs> probably not, but probably I'll, I'll remote in, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, are, what have been some of the most popular, um, Uh, pieces of art that you've put on your platform and how many people on average are investing in a single piece of art? Obviously I'm sure that varies based on how expensive the piece of art is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so it varies. So the, so the size of the paintings are today generally between a million dollars and $20 million $22 million. I think is our most expensive painting. Um, So the, you know, it's between hundreds and thousands of investors, I think our average investors investing about five or $6,000 per painting, um so you know it's 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 dependent on the size of the painting but um we're, we're seeing more and more investors come in and more and more investors invest across large numbers of paintings rather than than fewer numbers
1: and how liquid is it if i invest in a painting do i have to hold it for a certain amount of time and then whenever i do want to get out is it fairly easy for me to get out or i mean you guys are still fairly young so maybe you haven't had that issue yet but obviously if i'm Buying into something and putting a, a few thousand bucks in it, I'm curious about what my liquidity options look like.
0: Yeah, so so we, we have a we have a secondary market, so you can um, sell your shares in the secondary market. I tell people to to think of the secondary market as um, you know a way to get out in a matter of days at a reasonable price. So these aren't these aren't exchange traded securities; they don't clear in seconds. It's not like buying Google and selling Google. Um, so y- you know you you, you kind of have to be aware of that, but. The alternative is is waiting for us to ultimately sell the painting, which generally happens between three and ten years of us of us buying it. Um, so the secondary market is is pretty pretty cool for the asset class. It's really the first time it's been done in the art market.
1: I mean, this is such a unique um, audience. How are you getting the word out? Are you doing just traditional advertising? Are you doing partnerships with other companies? Like, what's been um, the best way for you to just spread the word about new ways to invest in art?
0: Yeah, it's all. I mean, I, I've, I've. Uh, so outside of Masterworks, I've been starting lots of companies for many years. Many of which are online advertising companies. So we, we, we do lots of uh, lots of That's online advertising. Convenient.
1: That's convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So um, yeah, we've got a big marketing team of you know twenty plus people now that are buying, really advertising across everything, platforms, partnerships. We're doing some some work with traditional media now. Um, so it's really it's really kind of everywhere.
1: What have been the biggest areas of growth for you guys and, you know, how has this, um, changed throughout the pandemic? Cause I know it's a, a space that I feel like people have just become more interested in this and new ways to invest in different types of asset classes over the past 18 months, two years.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've got a friend who's, uh, who's doing a documentary on, on GameStop and that, that, that whole uh, phenomenon, but, um, I, you know, I, there's definitely things like 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 these meme stocks that have been COVID dynamics. I can't definitively say that the growth of Masterworks is related or unrelated to COVID. Like we, you know, we started before COVID. Our growth rates have been pretty pretty consistent throughout throughout the pandemic. You know, we haven't seen a slowdown. I don't know is the is the pandemic over now? I'm not sure. If it, if it feels like we should be seeing a slowdown. So I, it's it's unclear to me how big of an impact. COVID has played um, on the growth of the business. But I think you're right. I think, I think people sitting at home more makes people think more about investing, I guess. Um, a lot of people, I mean, that, that's definitely a theme that's been true for people like Robinhood.
1: So you mentioned that these these pieces of art trade on secondary on Masterworks. How volatile is that exactly? Because before, like pieces of art didn't really trade that often. It's sort of like a private company stock wouldn't really trade as often as what it probably does on secondaries today. So what does that look like?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. So we, we actually publish appraised values in addition to having the secondary market. So investors kind of have, I think, a frame of reference on how at least we think about Value, um, so I think it's less volatile than it would be if we if we didn't do that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely I mean, look, there's definitely people who take lower prices because they they just want to get out of a security, um, and people who pay higher prices because they think artists like Banksy are you know going up in value.
1: What has been some of the best performing ones so far?
0: Well, I mean, the the Banksy market is an is an interesting market, right? Like if we go back a year ago or a year and a half ago, I can't remember when we really identified Banksy as an interesting momentum artist, it, it was kind of a controversial decision because Banksy isn't, you know, like the average person doesn't know about the art world. They think, oh, Banksy's like, you know, an amazing artist. There's there's tons of momentum there. But in the art world, he's he's difficult because, you know, he's anonymous. So he doesn't have a gallery. So the, so the art world, like machinery is not really supporting him. Um, he has a very, very limited amount of work. It's not like he's producing... 100 paintings a year, like like many artists, right? The the supply is very small. There's a pop culture dynamic which is new in the art world, right? Like Kaz has a pop culture dynamic, Banksy has a pop culture dynamic, but we we haven't really seen a lot of artists like that, so we don't exactly know what to think about him. Um, but anyway, we we identified him as an artist that we we wanted to um, to go in and buy paintings in his market very early. We we started doing a lot of that. Um, you know, his market's arguably up 100 percent plus over the past year. Uh, we'll we'll see how auctions go in November, but you know, his his paintings are now some of his great paintings sell, selling maybe in excess of ten million dollars, which nobody would have guessed that a year and a half ago. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been an interesting interesting story.
1: So, over the next year, especially since you guys just raised this big funding round, what should we expect to see from Masterworks?
0: More marketing, <laughs> I mean, more online advertising. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, look, we we raised 110 million dollars from uh, three different firms with with kind of different areas of focus on the business, but the the game plan is the same, which is we think about growth in two different ways. One is investment product. So today we have we have single paintings that people can invest in. Um, we eventually are planning on launching fund products uh, very soon so people can invest in a fund rather than individual paintings. And then we think about distribution, right? Like h- how do we distribute our, our investment products? And today it's via our website, but we're working on products for the financial advisor community and eventually the institutional community. So it's, you know, that's our business. It's kind of different investment products to access the asset class to different, different types of investors.
1: Could you ever expand to things outside of art then too?
0: We get that question all the time. That the short answer is no. I mean, we just we don't understand anything outside of our like, you know. The reality is we don't we don't we don't understand the classic car market. We don't understand wine. Um, I got asked the question about gemstones today. I mean, I don't even know what the price of a diamond costs. You know, like we 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 have no experience in those areas. And we're really we're believers that in these businesses you have to be asset class first. And I I just think that at the end of the day, if we lose people money they will abandon the platform and the only way we make sure that that we that we you know don't lose people money is if we know something about the asset class Um, so arts arts kind of our area of expertise that's what we're focused on we don't really plan on doing anything else
1: is there like an art quiz that someone has to take when (laughs) applying at masterworks then like here's your test do you know who banksy is (laughs) you know
0: it depends on the, the, the our biggest challenge with hiring people is that there's a, there's a bunch of groups within the within the business that are very art focused, obviously our research team or acquisitions team. but the challenge is that we tend to approach the market from a from a data perspective. And a lot of people in the art market today are not data driven, right They're relationship driven, they're emotionally driven. Um, so that's not really our, our DNA. So um, it's it's hard for us to hire people from the art market, but we I guess we managed to do it.
1: If someone is listening to this and is interested in applying to work at Masterworks or learning more about you guys, uh, how do they find out?
0: Uh, www.masterworks.io. We've got a job section up there. I I love the idea of uh, you promoting that because we've got like 30 (laughs) 30 or 40 open positions. And then um, you you can also just create an account on the website and get started with our, our membership team.
1: Yeah, and how long does it actually take to sign up? And remind me what the um, like minimum size that uh, an investment would be in one of the pieces.
0: Yeah, it's really. I mean, again, it's dependent on the investor. So we go as low as five hundred dollars, depending on the size of a portfolio. And um, but but it, you know, on the membership call, they'll they'll talk about um, investment portfolio size, how you think about risk, how you think about um, liquidity, et cetera. So we we try to make sure that people understand. That, that you know art is it can be a strategic part of an investment portfolio but we we try to tailor it to to what their investment objectives are
1: yeah and you mentioned risk i feel like you know in, on your website and stuff you mentioned that art typically performs a bit better than the S&P 500 but i'd also assume that art typically doesn't go to zero either so it's not going to like just not every year is bank's a Banksy year where it just goes crazy surge but it also it's fairly uh, a safe in the fact that, you know, you're not just going to lose all your money.
0: Yeah. You know, what's really, what's really interesting. So if you look at the art market broadly, and this is one of the things that I think is fascinating about the asset class, you tend to see appreciation rate, um, by, by recency, but myriad, uh, measured in generations. So like contemporary art appreciates at 14% a year. Modern art is something like nine, 10% a year. Impressionists is six or seven. Old masters going back a couple hundred years are 1% to 2% appreciation rates. But what's interesting about that, to your point, is that we don't actually see depreciation rates at some point, right? We see artists like Rembrandt hold their value, probably appreciate with inflation, but they don't start dropping in value, or at least we, we haven't seen it yet. So it is, it is really interesting from a, um, a store of value characteristic perspective.
1: Totally. Well, if you guys want to learn more, masterworks.io. And if you want to stay on top of everything fintech and see some masterworks added in our newsletter, since they were one of our sponsors, go to fintechtoday.co. Otherwise, see you guys again next time. And Scott, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. This was fun.
0: Thanks for having me.